Welcome to Bring Your Brilliance. Are you ready to find and amplify your voice? Looking to be inspired by those who are already out there making it happen? Listen in as we shine a light on those who bring their full, authentic selves to do what they love, make no apologies, and don't try to fit into other people's boxes. With your host, Carla Taylor, who, after years of being inspired by the brilliantly shining people she was meeting, decided others need to hear these stories too. Welcome to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show and podcast. My name is Carla Taylor. I am your host this morning, and we are here on Inspired Choices Network. And uh, today we have a very, very special show to you with the one and only Jamie Cohen, who is going to be talking with us about using the right words to achieve your goals. And right now we are in such a state of flux and upheaval and just so many things going on and so many unknowns. And we are all being challenged to connect and communicate in ways we probably most of us haven't before. And even for those of us who've been working remotely for a while now, um, it's a different ballgame even so for those of us because now everything is remote and everything is online. And how we speak to one another and how we use the words that we use is actually even more important from a distance. So I'm very excited to be bringing this particular episode to you right now when I think it's one of the times where it's needed most to be able to use the right words to achieve your goals. And so just wanted to ask you a few questions as we get started this morning, which is, first, are you getting passed up for leadership opportunities? Is this something that you've been challenged with? Um, do you often feel at a loss for words when addressing leadership? Or like I said, anyone else right now do on your team? And as a leader, do you feel like you have difficulty connecting with your team and this affects you reaching your goals? So this week, I'm talking with, today actually, internationally recognized speaker Jamie Cohen. She is a top LinkedIn creator with over 18,000 followers and has had millions of views. Um, and in this episode, you'll learn to use the right words uh, to achieve your goals in person and online. Jamie will be sharing her best tips on how you can use LinkedIn to improve your communication and leadership skills and connect more effectively with your team. She will also share how company projects can be completed and launched more efficiently by improving interdepartmental communication. Jamie is an internationally recognized speaker, communication coach, and trainer, and founder of The Right Words. She teaches you to level up your communication skills and become well-equipped to connect more deeply during inter any interaction. Jamie is a top LinkedIn creator whose content has amassed millions of views. She has spoken internationally at events like VidCon about strong communication for relationship building, storytelling, and connecting with your audience using video. Recently, Jamie launched a course with LinkedIn Learning. Connecting with your audience using video is the name of her course, which teaches you how to feel comfortable and confident on camera and create great video to grow your audience on LinkedIn. Jamie's passion for and exposure to many languages and cultures led her to think critically about how we communicate and connect. She spent her life researching human interaction and the way people think. Through these studies, Jamie has helped individuals and organizations across the world bring 
build stronger relationships and departments, understands the needs and motivations of one another, and the fun- and be able to function at their highest potential. Her ultimate goal is to cultivate a generation of thoughtful, deliberate communicators. So, with no further ado, welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me, Carla. I am so excited to have you here with us today. I know we have talked about this for a while, and I'm so happy. <laughs> I am <laughs> that too. We're finally I making this happen. Yes, yes for sure. So many additional challenges, even uh, on top of the normal challenges. So I'm so happy to have you here. I have been a huge fan of yours. I loved when I met you in person at the social media week Lima last year. You just lit up the room. You were amazing and awesome. And I am so happy to be connected with you ever since. And I love everything that you're doing. So, yes, again, welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So what I normally do to begin, just to kind of hear background and story, I do a lot of work and have done a lot of work with career coaching and helping people understand all the different options they have available. And that's actually what prompted me to start this show. I wanted people to hear about multiple different ways that career journeys can look and even the twists and turns that most people take. And so I usually like to ask my guests, first off, just walk us briefly through your career history and, and where you started and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. And I love that you do that because I, I wish I had someone like you when I was graduating from college because I graduated at the height mm-hmm. of the, the recession. So I had three majors and a minor. I spoke four languages and I could not get a job. It was insane. Wow. And yeah. And so I've had a career path that has had many twists and turns that has led me to where I am now. And one thing that I find really interesting and that I always try to share with people is that even though it sounds cliche, your perfect career career path is often something that's right in front of you, something that you've been doing your whole life, but you just didn't realize it was something that you could monetize. Maybe you're already Mm. helping people but you didn't realize it was something that can that can pay your bills and become your career. So I graduated from college. I moved home. There wasn't really a lot to do in my city. So I had like four different jobs. I was working. I was working in the kitchen of a supermarket. I was working at two restaurants. I was bartending and I was making videos on Fiverr. So that was like right when Fiverr came out. Um, I had heard about him a friend at school and he was building a platform and he needed videos for certain things. And he said, well, I heard about this platform Fiverr where you can buy all these videos. So I checked it out and I started making videos and that sort of, I've been making videos my whole life, but that's sort of where my video content creation really started to formulate. Um, and awesome. so I did, I was doing that for a while, but still I just, it wasn't enough. I, when I moved back home, none of my friends from high school really lived there anymore. I grew up in a small town, so there wasn't really a ton uh, to do. So I was trying to just rack my brain figuring out what am I going to do with my life? And um, it was funny, my mom, actually, I was, I got super depressed because I was like, you know, I have all this education and I'm like cleaning out the rotisserie and cleaning bathrooms. (laughs) Like what is going on with my life? And I, my mom called the health center in town and pretended to be me. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And <laughs> was like, um, hi, this is Jamie Cohen. I'd like to apply to be a Spanish interpreter. And then she just put me on the phone 
And then the, oh every, my goodness. Of course, I grew up in a small town. My mom is a my mom was a doctor in town, so everyone knew her. And they just I, I got on the phone and they said, "Was that your mom?" I said, "No, I have a cold." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I, I went. It was it was ridiculous. So I went I went in for my interview, and I you know I was I grew up in a town where there was were a lot of Spanish speakers. I studied Spanish in college. I was a salsa dancer. I was doing all these different things. So I had a lot of exposure, but I still didn't feel confident in my translating skills or my interpreting skills, rather, which is is more more stressful than in translating because it's real time. And right. I was the only non-native speaker in the department. So I did my interview oh, wow. and they were like, you're great, you're hired. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and so that's, that's where it, it was incredible. So I was, it was a little rough at first, but by the, by the end of my time working there, I remember um, a, few, a few months before I ended up moving out to Chicago, I was speaking to this couple and they said, oh, so what part of Mexico are you from? And that just made me so happy because I felt I didn't look like anyone on the team. I didn't sound like anyone on the team. And so that was that was sort of like really what I needed to get to the next level. (laughs) The ultimate validation of language skills. That's awesome. I was like, wow, thank you. I am not Mexican, but I wish I were. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, So then I, that I was just sort of trying to get my bearings and save up money. Um, Because one thing that I realized that I say to all college students now, especially in these crazy times we're currently living in, you have to Mm. have an internship. You have to have multiple internships if you want to land a job after college. They don't. Yeah. I wasn't in the business school, so they didn't teach me that. I actually planned on going to medical school, so I I oh, wow. was going to move home and then move somewhere and pursue my artistic passions and then go to medical school. So what ended up happening is I moved to Chicago and I was um, pursuing comedy and I was a competitive salsa dancer. So wow. I. I was, you know, Spanish, dancing, comedy, it all goes together. Um, That's right. But (laughs) so I I moved out to Chicago, which was like the huge city for me. Even though I'm from the East Coast, I had never lived in a big city on my own. So it was Mm. was really nerve-wracking for me just understanding how to use the trains and the buses, which is so funny now because after having lived there for so long, that's, so easy, but I just remember being what twenty three, twenty four years old, and just being totally terrified. And well, yeah, if you've so never was, done it or been exposed to it, it's it's it can be terrifying. It can be. It can be. Um, I was used to just hopping in a car or having a friend pick me up, and this was before Uber and Lyft and any of those rideshare services. So it wasn't like you could just call a car. You could call a cab, but if you wanted to get right across town that was going to cost you like 50 bucks and, and that's not, not come right away <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and I mean that's just not something that's tenable for someone who's right out of school and who is right. also pursuing something that's artistic where you're not really getting paid in the beginning and then you know I was I was just pounding the pavement doing random um gigs here and there 
for so do, like doing a little a lot of different contracting gigs and then I was bartending. I bartended on the Windella boats, the, it's the architecture tour that goes up and down the Chicago River and got to use my Spanish there and a few other languages nice. that I picked up along the way. So that was that See, was a lot of fun. You were part of the gig economy before people were calling it the gig economy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's I, awesome. it was so funny. People started. I remember my friend in college talking about the gig economy. He was always kind of ahead of his time with all of that, and I was like, yeah. "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Oh, you'll see." And wow. then so that that was basically I was just constantly hustling, and it sort of it sort of gave me this mentality that when you're not hustling, that's when you're going to be successful. Because a lot of times we hear now, especially from um, a lot of new entrepreneurs and, and Gary Vee, who has a lot of great things to say, but one thing that sort of irks me a little bit is that you have to hustle to be successful. And I mm. realize now, and just through all these different experiences, that the hustle is important and it is part of the process. But when you start becoming successful, you don't have to grind yourself down anymore like you've you've done all the things that you need to get what you need and then you have the extra energy that are you that you were using to try to figure things out to put into your business or to into your project or whatever it is that you're working on and right so i i I think there's also that whole hustle for some people it feels like the hustle and grind and push, push 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 and then other people take hustle to mean more just like taking massive action. And so I think there's a little bit of a nuance yeah. there too, but you clearly are still taking lots of action, but not in that hurried, rush, hustling kind of way. Exactly. So I'm going to go I... ahead and take a, a break right now. So I want to start here. You were talking about being in the midst of the gig economy. We're going to continue to do your story when we get back from break. Right now, my name is Carla Taylor. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. We are here live with Jamie Cohen. We're talking about the using the right words, and we will be right back to the Inspired Choices Network in just a minute. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, 
Call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show and podcast. I am your host, Carla Taylor. We are here this morning talking with the fabulous Jamie Cohen, and we were just talking. She's she's with the right words, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and we were just talking before the break about um, you were talking about being in Chicago and learning the transportation system and being part of what people now call the gig economy. So let's keep going from there. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think we left off where a friend was telling me about the gig economy and I I wasn't really sure what that was and he said, well, you'll, you'll figure it out. And that ended up being sort of my life for most of my tenure in Chicago. So while while I was there, I was really focused on becoming a comedian and a competitive salsa dancer, which don't really go together, wow. but I was like, I'm very passionate about both of these things, so that is what I'm going to do. So I was taking writing classes at Second City. I was taking improv classes there and also at Improv Olympic. I was part of an improv team called the Lungers. I was doing sketch comedy and stand-up wow. and all these different things and sort of just trying to find my niche and make my mark. And um, then I, I, I really was passionate about dance and I didn't know where the salsa scene was in Chicago. So I joined this website called OkCupid, which was a dating website <laughs> back then. I think it's a hookup website now. <laughs> and I, I wrote in my profile, looking for my salsa partner, come find me or something weird like that. And so all these people contacted me and they were like, oh, yeah, we go dancing here and here and here. And I was like, thank you. Great. And then I got off. And yeah. I started, <laughs> nice. I, I had my list of all the salsa studios. And the really amazing thing about the salsa community, which fits in well to what I'm doing now, is just the the diversity and the openness of it all. So I went out by myself and met people. And it's if you're if you didn't grow up in Chicago or if you don't have a normal corporate job, it's harder to make friends there than in other cities. That's what I found. And in the salsa community, it was different. So I would just show up and people were really friendly. And I uh, it didn't matter if you were old or young or tall or short or fat or skinny. None of that really mattered in the salsa community. It was just what was your personality like? What were you fun to dance with? And so I met all of these amazing people and I was out one night and one of the people I ended up dancing with was a professional dancer. And he was like, I'm going to train you. And I was like, sir, I do not know you. You're not going to do anything. And he was like, I'm going to train you. <laughs> and so we ended up, we ended up competing together and we were slated to compete at the World Salsa Congress but then um, uh, some things came up with his family and it didn't end up working out. But it was a really it was a really cool experience to spend a year being trained by a professional. So I had learned how to I was a hip hop dancer originally and break dancing and all of that. And I had sort of taught myself on the dance floor salsa. So I didn't have the I looked fine dancing. But as far as competing went, I didn't have any of the technique. 
And so right. I had to learn it's everything. It's a very different world. I've done both myself, and I totally understand what you're saying because it's, I can pick up anything in the hip-hop world. I've been dancing for 20, you know, I had been dancing for 20 years when I started trying to do the salsa dancing or the Latin dancing, and it's so different. It's so different. So I totally get it. I didn't it. think I knew that about you. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is why I know when we first met, we're like, there's so much we need to talk about. And then we never really talked about all our commonalities. So, yes, let's keep going, though. So you were competing Absolutely. for a year with a professional. That's awesome and amazing. So it, then it what was, happened? It was, amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing to go from really enjoying dance to being able to have a command of the dance, which feels totally different. And it's not something yes. that I had ever felt before. It was really cool to be able to go out social dancing and feel in control because with salsa dancing as a woman generally, now now things are changing a little bit because everyone's learning every part, but you're being led by a man yeah. or whoever yeah. whoever is the lead. So generally the man is the leader and the woman is the artwork. That's what they always say. And so I was when I was dancing, I was sort of just waiting for the commands and the commands are just a tap or a touch so that's why when you see two people dancing and they look amazing, that guy is a really good communicator because he's doing all of these touches in different areas that's saying, turn here, mm. move there, we're going to do this next. And once I had been trained, I all of those things were sort of preemptive. So I was able to sort of decide where I wanted to go or have a really clear understanding of where we were going and then was able to sort of improvise based on what the, what the you know the different signals and the different messages that I was getting so that, within yeah, yeah. I totally so that, understand that, that. I actually once danced with a man who was an ultra professional and it was my first experience with that and before that I kind of thought it was really more of a partnership and both people were kind of equally contributing to the the dancing that was happening and like you just said when you dance with a true professional, and I didn't have any training at the time either, but this man was so good that he would just do different things to move me in my arms, and, and I would just start doing things I didn't even know how to do, but he was such a strong <laughs> leader that he made my yeah. body do different things just by how he was leading me. And it was the first time I had this massive aha moment of the communication that really actually happens and how much a strong leader can actually control even the motions that I was doing. It was really a cool yes. experience, actually, because I started doing all these moves I didn't know I knew how to do. It's, <laughs> so, yeah, it's I totally amazing. understand and that. It's like that's what that's what a really strong communicator will do. And it's interesting, even though all of my career, uh, the, all the different things that I tried seem so different, they all go together. And like mm -hmm. exactly what you were saying, a really strong communicator can make you feel like a million bucks. There was this guy that I used yes. to dance with. His name was Jamie Claudius. It was the Jamies. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he would make me feel like we were on Dancing with the Stars. Like I... I there's something really interesting that happens in the salsa, the social salsa scene, which I think happens also just with normal conversation is that there are these guys that feel a certain way and they want to prove that they are a certain way. So they do all these fancy moves, all these crazy things. You end up like getting hurt. I've gotten so many whiplash injuries. It's not funny. And just they want to do all these crazy moves. But the most important move in salsa is the basic step. If that's all you can do, you can look amazing. It's just being able to really learn that 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 simple step and put that into muscle memory, and that 
is when you start to really become a good dancer. And that mm-hmm. that really translates into communication. A lot of people are trying to use big words or sort of command the conversation or make themselves look a certain way. But when you're making your partner look amazing, then you look amazing too. Yes. This is this is in dance. This is in communication. And this is in so, life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, and I mean, even in comedy, when we were on stage, there there was there were a few people that I loved improvising with because they not only were hilarious, but they made you look good too. There were other people who were hilarious, but they made you look like crap, which wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of improvising is to play. Like it's to have mm-hmm. fun with the people that you're with on stage. And if you're not, that's very apparent. And so I I often found that on stage, sometimes I would be the main focus, but I often enjoyed being the supporting character and helping other people look good and helping other people say what they needed to say. And this was sort of just something that I experienced throughout my entire life. I was always the person that people came to for advice, whether it was with jobs or with family or with relationships on what do I say? Like I, I said this and it didn't go the way that I expected. He said this, what does that mean? And or my boss said this and I didn't know how to respond. And so I was always giving friends and family advice. And I started I saw that they were having success. But then as I got older, I saw that the people I was speaking with were having extreme success. So I was thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm so happy that that this is happening for them and that I'm able to help them. But when does life start happening for me? I'm seeing all these people have crazy success. I'm giving them the answers, so why can't I attribute this to my own success? Why isn't that happening? Exactly. And yes. I think that happens to a lot of us who are, are constant givers and giving everyone else advice and giving everyone else things that they can do and then not necessarily applying it to ourselves. That's a that's huge, actually, a huge aha awareness for you. And what do they say? Like the, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. So the thing that exactly. is so easy for you to do for others seems close to impossible to do on your own. And it's not, mm-hmm. but there's just this there's just this sort of wall that exists that you have to climb over. And mm-hmm. so, so this is something I was thinking about a lot. And while I was dancing and doing all these things with comedy, my mom got sick. And when that happened, I didn't really feel like I could be funny anymore. I didn't really feel like I had the strength to be out pounding the pavement. It was just too much for me. So I decided like now is the time that I'm going to start studying and I'm going to go to medical school. And I, I was doing that, but my family really was relying on me for emotional support. So, and I have ADHD, so it was very difficult for me to study. And I, mm-hmm. I was putting in my best effort, but I had been out of school for five or six years at that point. And I hadn't studied science and science is always changing and evolving. And some of the things that they were asking on the test weren't even things that I learned in school. So it just, it was a very complicated and traumatic experience. And that was a path that I didn't end up taking. And then Mm. um, when my mom passed away, I just figured like, what, what is the point? That's what I started asking myself with everything. I used to have all these interests and passions. I was learning something like every three months I pushed myself to learn something new, whether that was all of the the countries and capitals and currencies in the world or 
whether it's learning how to skateboard or how to um, become a free climber. I did all these different things. And because I didn't, I felt like if I wasn't learning, I wasn't growing. And when she passed away, that sort of stopped. I was like, well, what is, what is the point of anything? I don't think I like anything anymore. I don't feel passionate about anything. Where do I go from here? And when all of that happened, I had been, um, I had been freelancing for a few different companies and my main client ghosted me. <laughs> and wow. I was like, what is on in the world right now? Like things, you know, when you think something awful happens and you're like, well, at least things can't get any worse. And yeah. then they did. So then for the, for I this. I think a lot of us season, have been feeling that pain right now, especially. Yeah. So yes, I totally think everybody understands that statement. And it's, I think at least right now, even though we're all dealing with this collective depression, I feel some solace in that we're dealing with it together and that when when mm. we're dealing with something really difficult, we have someone to talk to because everyone's experiencing it. And of course, maybe not at right. the magnitude that we are, but at least people get it. And when right. all these things were happening to me, I was alone because people people will decide to look at you in a certain way and see you in a certain way. And everyone was like, oh, you're fine. You look great. You're doing great. I'm like, I'm dying on the inside. I, and right. I, so I, my mom had passed away. I was out of work. I couldn't find a job. So I, I think I worked with 20 agencies, 200 recruiters. There was over a year where I could not get a job. And wow. I, so I was doing different things in the interim as always. And I ended up nannying for this sweet little boy and I learned I mean I used a lot of my communication techniques and and skills that I've been helping friends with on this this little kid who was four at the time and um wow. saw a lot of progress with him so everything that I was doing even though it was extremely painful it was an amazing education so by the time I got right. a job I I was an expert in dealing with like very difficult personalities because this kid had some um, developmental delays, but was brilliant. So there was this back and mm. forth of like tantrums because he wasn't able to express himself, but all this amazing creativity and these beautiful things he wanted to share with the world. So learning how to help him be the best that he could be and also not go insane myself was, <laughs> was a really great skill to develop. And um, throughout that time where I couldn't get a job, I became an expert in in interviewing and salary negotiation. So, oh, I bet, I, yeah. Well, let me go ahead and I, stop us here because we've got a, another break to take, but I, I am seeing such a strong theme of communication in every single thing that you're talking about, everything that you're doing or had been doing that seemed very disparate and different, but yet, as we were talking about, you're communicating in, in every facet of this. So let's start there. When we get back, we're going to take another break. Again, my name is Carla Taylor. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show and podcast. We're talking with Jamie Cohen of Use the Right Words, and we're here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show 
every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Do you struggle to answer what do you do because you do many different things? Do you want your future clients to know, like, and trust you? Do you want to make LinkedIn work for you? If you're ready for extreme clarity and confidence with opportunities flooding your LinkedIn inbox, Carla Taylor's Bring Your Brilliance Coaching Masterminds and Workshops give you the exact steps to get it done. Don't have time to do it yourself? Carla's LinkedIn Content Ghostwriting Service is exactly what you need. Schedule your free consultation today at bringyourbrilliance.as.me or go to bringyourbrilliance.net. This is the Bring Your Brilliance Radio Show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. You are listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. This is Carla Taylor here on Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking today with Jamie Cohen. We're talking about using the right words and how you can communicate best to achieve your goals. And I wanted to take just a moment to uh, remind you of how you can get in touch with me after this show, anytime actually, you can reach out to me at uh, bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. You can also set up a free 15-minute call with me. Uh, this link actually goes directly to my calendar, so you can go ahead and book the time directly on my calendar, and it's bringyourbrilliance.as.me, so bringyourbrilliance.as.me. Um, and then uh, you can also find out more about what I can do and how I can help you on uh, bringyourbrains.net. And I am a personal branding evangelist, and especially now with all the changes going on, it's so, so important to have a strong personal brand and have people know you for who you are, not just what you do. And it's also important to have a really strong LinkedIn presence, so I can help you with that as well. And Jamie, of course, you are a LinkedIn master, <laughs> and uh, you definitely have all kinds of amazing things that you can help people with, including an incredibly, um, you know, uh, well, it's new, but it's also an incredible program that you've just completed with LinkedIn learning, you know, on the actual LinkedIn platform. So uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about how people can find and get in contact with you, too. Absolutely. If you want to get in contact with me, you can find me across all social media at Jamebalaya, J-A-I-M-B-A-L-A-Y-A, um, or on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Jamie-Cohen. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, and if you want to check out my course, it's a great, it's something that is very useful regardless of what industry that you're in. And something that I've been talking about with clients a lot lately is that you can use video to start to train yourself to be a more confident communicator in your office or with your team or with with anyone that you're interacting with in the job sphere. And you can find this on LinkedIn Learning. It's called Connecting with Your Audience Using Video. If you have a membership, you can check it out that way. If you have a LinkedIn Premium account, it's free that way. 
Um, if you don't, you can sign up for a, a free month trial on LinkedIn Learning and get the course for free. And if you enjoy it, there's a million other courses there. So it's, it's a really great deal. I've learned so much from all these other courses, but um, it's using learning how to be confident on camera really does translate to being confident in life and being able to articulate yourself well and sort of do it in in one beat rather than being worried about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, like I said, I've always been so, such a fan of all the things that you're doing. And I know you are such a confident communicator and just show up that way as well. So you definitely practice what you preach. And we were actually just talking about that about um, before we went to break about how you were helping so many other people and then realized, wait, I need to do some of this for myself as well. So let's go ahead and, and continue that because I really want to hear how you, you shifted. Absolutely. So I finally did get a job, and I was um, the marketing manager for um, an industrial real estate company. And one of my jobs was to post content on LinkedIn. And I had been on LinkedIn for years, but it had sort of just been a place where you put your CV, post some links, maybe people interact with you, maybe they don't, they usually don't. And I started uh -huh. seeing this name everywhere, Michaela Alexis, Michaela Alexis, Michaela yes. Alexis. And I was like, yes. whoa, what is going on? And she was, and she was telling stories and she uh -huh. was talking about her experience. And I was like, wow, this is, this, uh, this is incredible and I really resonate with this. And then I saw Swish Goswami. He was starting to tell stories and he was so young and having so much success. And I was like, this is, this is what we need right now. We need this place where we can be supported that connects us. And it, mm -hmm. I really sort of delved in when, uh, and I always say his name incorrectly, but Nico Alcaracella, he, um, was one of, the creators of Tamagotchi. He worked on Tamagotchi and I saw him posting and I was, and he was posting about all these interesting things and invited me into this group of creators from all around the world, all these brilliant people. And I just kept thinking like, wow, how do these people want to spend time with me? What am I talking about? Mm -hmm. But that, that sort of helped me transition into becoming a LinkedIn content creator. And I actually became one of the first LinkedIn video content creators. And that sort of opened my world into all these different possibilities. And at first I, I was, this job that I was working at, it just, it wasn't a great environment for me. And I was just desperate to find something different. But I thought I would really love to be able to do things for myself. I've always sort of been on my own. My career path has been here and there and everywhere. I'd be, I'd like to be confident in myself and not have to rely on an employer to, to mm -hmm. satisfy my career needs. And so I, I just started writing content and I wasn't sure what I, I still at that point wasn't sure, like, what would people pay me for? Like, what, what could I do that I could sustain a living for myself? So I just started writing and I started getting a lot of traction, which I was surprised about because normally on a platform, it takes time to build that up and it was just happening. And people were sending me messages saying, thank you for writing this. It really resonated with me. I needed to hear this today. And the more messages I got like that, the more I sort of started crafting my content to fit, to fit 
that area that people were so interested in. And then when I started making video, people started getting to know me. And it was something that was so interesting that still happens now is I would get on calls with people and they would be like, I feel like I know you, even though we've never spoken uh-huh. before. And this, this can happen to anyone because when someone sees your face repeatedly, they start to form a relationship with you. And I talk about this in my course. When you took, when you look directly into the camera, even though it's a one to many experience, the person on the other side sees it as a one on one experience. If you use the right words, uh-huh. of course, if you're saying things like you say on YouTube, like, Hey guys, or Hey everyone, then you sort of lose that intimate connection. But if you just go into your conversation and you just start talking, then people feel, they feel that connection. So the interesting thing about LinkedIn also, and something that really helped me is that after my mom passed away and after working in this job that wasn't the right fit for me, I developed severe social anxiety and I I couldn't, I hated going out. When my husband and I would go out, I'd be counting down the hours till we could go home. And I, it was so weird because I've been a performer my whole life, but I just couldn't bear to be around people. And LinkedIn helped me sort of regain that confidence. And I remember it all sort of clicked when I was driving home from work and I was about to call my best friend from summer camp and I hadn't spoken to him in a while. And I was just, I was panicking and I looked up online, what to say to your friend when you haven't spoken to him in a long time. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I have lost it. Like this is, this is what everyone comes to me for. How can I not know what to say and what to do? And it was really just that anxiety that was getting in the way. And when I started connecting with people on LinkedIn and, and interacting with other people's content and having people interact with mine, I sort of relearned how to, how to really interact in the world and to be comfortable and confident in, in a social setting. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people did. And I remember a lot of people are nervous when it comes to building new uh, relationships or friendships. And I remember I saw this woman, Kira Day, she was posting content and it just, it really connected with me. She runs the Passion Center in Toronto, Canada. And I just, everything that she said just resonated with me. And I sent her a message and I was like, I love your videos and I felt compelled to reach out to you. We need to be friends. Can we get on a call? Which is very direct, but she's basically like a sister now. And it just goes to show you, if you ask for what you want and you give a reason for why you want that thing, relationships can form Mm -hmm. so quickly versus like going Mm -hmm. out and saying like, I need this, I want this, like I need you. Instead, when when you're offering something like a relationship or or um or skills that you have that's a great way to create connections and through going through the passion center um which is a program that helps you find the things that are important to you so what your mission vision values and um your core four things that really get that get you going like that it it helps you figure all of that out and through that i realized oh i what I'm really doing is I'm helping people find and use the right words. It's not saying the perfect thing. It's not, it's not finding the perfect words. It's finding words that resonate with your audience. It's finding a way that you can connect with the people that you're interacting with. So instead of having a conversation, you're having a connection. 
Wow. And that's powerful. That, that, Say that again. <laughs> well, instead of just communicating, instead of just having a conversation, you're actually connecting with one another. And that's something, that's a skill I think a lot of us over the years have lost because we've gotten so used to just digital communication, which can be lacking from time to time. Yes, and for sure. And LinkedIn has, LinkedIn, there's no way I would have met you. I mean, maybe, but I think there's no way I would have met you had it not been for LinkedIn. The way that, let me give right. you just a little trail of how I got to you. My friend tagged me in a post on Facebook. My friend from LinkedIn tagged me on a post on Facebook about Jessica Phillips having an event in Denver for her group called Queenies. And um, I went to that event and really connected with her and all the amazing women there. And we became friends and we started chatting. And then she invited me to speak at Social Media Week Lima. And then through through that experience, I met you. And then also she introduced me to um, a woman in Boulder and who has has these events all over the world. Um, and one uh, one of her attendees, she thought that I would really connect with. So she introduced me to him. And then I ended up speaking at a summit for for executives and business owners in Dubai. Oh, wow. And this is all through LinkedIn, just making connections with people and building relationships. Hey, I like you and I like this person. I think you guys would really connect. Let's connect. And this is this is happening all the time. I mean, before right. before all of this, it was you had to ask someone to make an introduction and mm-hmm. now when you're when you're creating content when you're supporting the content of other people you don't have to ask for that anymore you just that's sort of innate it's sort of happening because people are so excited about you what you are doing to support them what you have to offer that it's just it happens almost unconsciously well, I agree, and I actually also, LinkedIn is what brought me to you, too, because, and when you mentioned Kayla Alexis, any of my former listeners know I that was what, kind of my big aha moment of content on LinkedIn as well, and I'd been a career coach helping people back when it was more of a static resume platform, but seeing that Kayla and, and how, I, I think I saw her very first post about, you know, looking for a job online, because I was, you know, keyed into that, and so she also was a huge inspiration, and, and because of seeing what she was doing, and then I became aware of, like, Judy Fox and some other people, and I didn't know who Jessica Phillips was, and I didn't even know about the social media thing that was happening, and mine was three hours from where I live, and I didn't even know about it, and, but I had connected through um, online uh, social media as well with um, uh, Dr. I, Zhang, and she oh, yeah. was somebody I'd been communicating with, and so I'd had a one-on-one call through Skype with Alex, um, Michaelis, Michaelis. I'm getting her name completely wrong, <laughs> Michaela Alexis, and then also with I, she was in Singapore, or not Singapore, where did she live? Korea, maybe? I don't even remember. She was in South Korea. She was in Asia. Yeah, and she'd gone to Singapore, but she lived in Korea, and she and I had also connected one-to-one, and so I'd been talking for so long with her, and I never thought of myself as a social media person, even though I was on LinkedIn, which is funny to me now, but at the time, I had, like, hired other social media people, and I'm like, well, yeah, I know LinkedIn for resume development and profiles, but I never thought of it even as social media for some reason in my mind, so when I actually saw that 
that I was going to be, because she's been flying all over the world to speak. And when I saw that she was going to be in the U.S., and then I saw she was going to be in Ohio, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to drive there and meet her. I have been friends with her online for over a year. I'm going to go and meet this woman. And so then I saw what she was coming to, which was the social media week. And I was like, wait, I want to go to that conference that she's speaking at. And so anyway, I ended up not only going to the conference, but actually I was her roommate there, which was another funny story. But um, And so then when I got to the conference and I met all of these amazing people, including you, and I was like, wait a minute. I am a social media person. <laughs> like, it was a huge <laughs> aha moment for me, too, in my own career. So, actually, that experience and that moment, and even meeting you with, I love that your call name is Jane Belaya, because mm-hmm. it also validated for me. That was also my huge aha of personal branding, because I had struggled with that myself for so many years. I'd done so many different things, so much like yourself. But I never knew what to brand. Am I a career coach? Am I a trainer? Am I a, an instructional designer? Am I this, that, the other? And I realized, no, I am Carla Taylor who shows up everywhere. I connect people on how they can work better together, and I kept connect people on how they can bring your, their brilliance to the world. And that's where yeah. this actual show was born because I left there so inspired to start taking action before you're ready and to take consistent action. And then this radio show opportunity came up, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I don't know what I'm doing, and I've never done radio before, but I'm going to say yes. (laughs) So literally the next week, I think, or the next week or two is when I started this show. So see how everything's connected? (laughs) It's all connected. I was so excited for you. When we met, I I was like, how is this woman not ruling the world already? Because all the experiences (laughs) you've had and just... The way that you've been so successful in life with all of the things that you have going on, I was so inspired by that. And it's amazing how we don't feel like we're social media people, but everyone mm-hmm. can be. And, and we don't feel like we're like a personal brand sometimes becomes a buzzword and we don't even know what does that even mean. But right. when, when you sit down and think about it and it's just basically what are you known for? What, what is your reputation, yes. then it all sort of comes together. And, and that's sort of where the Jane Belaya thing came from, because I, like you, was like, I've done so many different things. I don't know how to brand myself. So I just did Jane Belaya, which is a mixture of my name and Jambalaya, which has a lot of different right. ingredients. And if you leave something yes. out, it doesn't taste quite right. So it's like that's sort exactly. of what inspired me, because I was like, I'm not just this. The, I do all of these things. But in order right. for people to remember you, you have to have sort of a clear exp- explanation. You can do everything that you want to do. And actually, this is something, another thing that Gary Vee said that really resonated with me is that the 15% of things that you do in your life that makes you really creative and the things that give you passion, that can, that can give you the fire that you need for the 85% of things that you have to do. And he says that like the 15% mm-hmm. he does yep. is what helps him get the 85% done that he needs to do for VaynerMedia. And that's sort of what yeah. I have been doing, that there's the the 15% of things that I'm really passionate about that I love doing, that I'm not doing that the most, but that's what I'm known for, and that is what is inspiring me to do all of the other things that I am, that, that keep my business going, that keep, that, where I'm helping all these people do these different things to keep them going. And it's just, it's amazing what having a strong personal brand can do 
for you, whether yes. it's in in your home or uh, at work, if you're someone who wants to be in leadership but doesn't have a leadership title, or if you are an mm-hmm. executive and you, you want to build stronger relationships with your team, but you just don't know how, having yes. a personal brand and just having a reputation, but a reputation that connects right. to something allows you to build these these stronger relationships. And I remember I had I had a client in India who had who had moved up in his company like six or seven positions within a couple of months, which is very uncommon, and had eighty people working below him. And he was working at a wow. software engineering company and he said, I I really want to be someone that my staff can come to and talk to, but there's no time and I don't know anybody. And so we, we put together a plan about how to set boundaries, which are so important in strong communication, in mm-hmm. dancing, in comedy, mm-hmm. in, in any aspect of life. Boundaries are what allow you to be successful. And we, yeah. we talked about putting boundaries in place, which, which also when you put the boundaries in place, they often make you feel pretty uncomfortable, but they give you what you need to become successful. And the more you use them, the more comfortable you become with them. And through yes. through all these things that we put in place, he was able to say, hey, I know that you need this answer right now. Have you gone through all of these different avenues first to see if anyone else has the answer? And they say, well, no, I don't have time. And I'd have him say, well, go go to quality assurance. Go check with um, your... your um, assistant manager, and if they can't give you the answers, I'd be happy to answer, but I'm in the middle of something right now, so please go check those things, and then if you can't figure it out, happy to help you. And so I said that's probably going to cause a lot of anger and stress in the beginning, but once you start doing that more regularly, that is going to help you build relationships and build respect, and that's exactly what happened. So we are already at the very end of our show. I love everything that you've been saying. I love the structure and the framework you were just describing and and saying the things that resonate and having the connection and the communication is so, so important and being really clear about how you're showing up. Um, do you have any last one thing to say? Because we're down to our last 30 seconds. Oh, but, my gosh. Uh, this went so well, fast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you um, so well, much so for having I don't me just on go the ahead show. And, yes. Thank you for, for being on the show. There's so much more here that I would love for you to reach out to, Jamie. I've got uh, Julie Kratz is coming up next week. She's going to be talking about pivot points, which we actually talked a lot about your pivot points today, Jamie. And so uh, this is just a reminder to go out there and be bold and be brave and be brilliant and be you and bring Thanks your brilliance Thanks for listening everywhere to another go. episode of Bring Your Brilliance with Carla Taylor. For the latest updates and info on personal branding, please follow and interact with Carla Taylor on LinkedIn. And be sure to visit www.itstimetobringit.com. Join Carla Taylor every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.